Well, good morning, Greenwich, and welcome to the Monday, October 3rd edition of the Basement Academy. So we get off into a new week and a new month. Uh, we want to dive back into our study. We have been now, this is the sixth week of exploring this notion of discipleship amid disagreement. And as I mentioned last week, you know, we kind of lose the flow a little bit. So when we're all done in a few more weeks, I'm asking each of you to go back and binge watch them all. <laughs> That's a big ask, I realize. Okay, let, let's start with a morning psalm, uh, one of my favorites. And I've been back and forth with one of the uh, regular participants in the Basement Academy. All the psalms are my favorites. <laughs> ah, psalm 3. This is a psalm of David when he fled from his son Absalom. Hmm, what a context. O Lord, how many are my foes? How many rise up against me? Many are saying of me, God will not deliver him. But you are a shield around me, O Lord. You bestow glory on me and lift up my head. To the Lord I cry aloud, and he answers me from his holy hill. I lie down and sleep. I wake again, because the Lord sustains me. I will not fear the tens of thousands drawn up against me on every side. Arise, O Lord. Deliver me, O my God. Strike all my enemies on the jaw. Break the teeth of the wicked. From the Lord comes deliverance. May your blessing be on your people. Amen. I mean, imagine that, your own son rising up against you, if you know the Absalom story. <clears throat> and so just that sense of being oppressed and put upon. But you are a shield around me, O Lord. And the Lord is our protection, our defense. And so as we walk through the challenges of these polarized times and polarizing times, as we discuss and debate and disagree and, you know, kind of fuss and cuss, as we talked about a couple of weeks ago, over politics and policy. And here we're talking about the challenges of theological disagreement, you know, beliefs and behavior that that shift over time and all of a sudden it doesn't feel uh, like we are at home. A little bit of a fish out of water in some ways. And so, <clears throat> you know, I framed early on in the, that early week and a half or two uh, the, the, the notion of discipleship, the discipleship challenge. That there are few opportunities like times of disagreement that, 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 that allow our, our faith in Christ, our discipleship, our apprenticeship, the workshop of disagreement, things happen there. And so one of the issues of the realignment discussion, the, the discipleship apprenticeship challenge is what is the proper motive for seeking realignment? The, um, having spoken about this on Sunday, it's, it's fresh uh, in our minds, the danger at the doorstep, the story of Cain and Abel, how Cain turned his brother into his enemy 
And then once he had his brother as his enemy, it was not hard for him to eliminate him, to take him out, right? Uh, a, a sense of righteousness attended that, 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 that Cain was justified in uh, turning him aside, uh, in, in taking uh, uh, Abel out. And so we, we, we looked at this some weeks ago in the Basement Academy. If you, if you don't participate in Greenwich, you don't know what we talked about uh, on Sunday. But there is this default tendency within us, within the human family, within us all. We, we all have this um, ability to turn brothers and others into our enemies. We have no problem turning fellow Christians, those are our brothers and sisters in Christ, we have no problem turning fellow Christians into enemies, particularly around differences, right? These theological and uh, practical differences as we encounter them. And so the default tendency of the human family is, you know, having taken the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, taken to ourselves the right to redefine what good and evil are. Thanks God for your input, but we'll take it from here. So we redefine good and evil, right and wrong for ourselves. But each of us does this. Now, we have overlapping circles where you agree with me and I agree with you on these issues or these beliefs. So when we do that, we find ourselves feeling like a bit of a tribe, kind of a moral tribe. We agree together on this issue. And then anyone outside the tribe, we easily define as them. So it's us and them, in and out, good and evil, the righteous, the unrighteous, friend, foe. And so this tendency that we have in all of life, that this, this which we inherit from our father Adam, this sinful tendency. And so because of that tendency, the natural motive that the, we would assume around realignment is something akin to what we would call righteous anger. You have changed the boundaries. You have reinterpreted the Bible. You have made a wrong decision with regard to how you read the Bible, if you read it at all, because there's this suspicion we have of others who come to different conclusions than we do. I wonder if they're reading their Bible at all. And so <clears throat> this, this tendency to form a, a, a righteous anger, uh, an indignation, how, how dare they, because see, it's always they, so we have to learn to catch ourselves when we're speaking about situation, whether it's political uh, disagreement or po political conversation, why don't they see what the right thing to do is about immigration or, you know, women's reproductive rights or like, you know, so, so it, again, this happens on both sides. This is not a conservative or liberal progressive thing. This is a human thing, right? All of us tend to do this. And so we find ourselves 
thinking or saying they have done X or Y or Z. We, we observe the thing we don't like that we disagree with and then we easily slip into the us and them thinking, well, well, if they hadn't, you know, passed that amendment at general assembly, we wouldn't be in this problem. And so we look at the issues, we lay some charge at the feet of others who think differently about the issue than we do. And again, this could be a brother or sister that, that you know, what we're talking in the context of uh, Christian community. So, so our fellow Christians have done something that we find objectionable. And so we feel righteous anger. There's a sense of, well, we're right and they're wrong. But what we forget is they, that is our fellow Christians, our fellow Presbyterians, are part of the family. This is our family too. And so this is where we run the danger of kind of dividing the body of Christ when we treat others who come to a different conclusion on these matters when they come to a different conclusion, we feel justified in no longer treating them as one of us, that is the, the, the church family, but they are us. They are us. There is no us and them within the church family in that broadest sense. Again, seeking that, that, that vision of, of unity. And so the, the tendency is to allow our anger, which arises out of a sense of righteousness. We feel some sense of indignation. Our sense of right and wrong has been violated. Our theological sense of right and wrong has been violated. That's what gives it a righteous anger, a righteous tinge to the anger. And we feel justified then in our anger because they have, you know, dishonored the scriptures, dishonored the church, dishonored our presbytery dishonored the name of, of Christ. Important discussions to have, but we're talking about motives now, things that are sub, kind of subterranean. And so let me go back to uh, a passage from our uh, study of James from some weeks ago. James chapter 1, My dear brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. For man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. We don't know all the circumstances into which James was writing. You know, we know there was some pressure upon the church, right? They were in trial. And so when in trial, the tendency is to look to blame somebody for the, the difficulty that I'm having. We, we went through all that in James. But I'm lifting up here James's call in the midst of that challenge, of that dispute, of that disagreement, of that pressure and tension, whatever it is. Take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen. So listen, hear other people out. You have a hard time doing that. Be slow to speak. Be slow to become angry. And here's the kicker. Verse 20, for man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. So 
when we feel that sense of anger, frustration, um, the, the righteous disappointment, we, we sometimes rationalize. We recall Jesus overturning the tables uh, of the money changers in the temple. Uh, we, we might recall the, the number of psalms that we have where you know, the psalmist is kind of saying, sick him, God, go get him. You know, Psalm 3, um, the enemy that, that comes against him and, and the acknowledgement of that. And so God, be my protector, defender, and, and go get him. So we, we, remember, <laughs> we remember these things and we, you know, well, I, I feel like Jesus felt turning over the money changers' temples. I'm like the psalmist, you know, praying against my enemy. And so the, 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 the tendency is to rationalize our anger at other people and to um, kind of adopt somewhat of an adversarial posture, um, you know, demonizing them for what they've done. And then, again, this is the danger at the doorstep, adopting a little bit of Cain's attitude. Well, pff, what's that to me? What's happened, to, you know? Am I my brother's keeper? Am I the keeper of all those other people in our presbytery who believe all these crazy things? And I'm saying this with air quotes, right? Well, actually, yes. <laughs> That's the point of the Cain story. That's where we require vigilance to, to, to stay alert to how the spirit of Cain can so easily just arise within us, be dismissive if, of other people. And so James instructs us that our anger, no matter how righteous we feel that it is, it may not actually be righteous. In fact, rarely is it righteous. Man's anger does not bring about the righteous life God desires. So we have a sense of um, tension, disappointment, frustration around the changing boundary lines uh, in our denomination the default is to anger, the default is to blame, the default is to accusation. But I would offer to you, based on this scripture and, and, and many others, that this, this, this body of work we have in the scriptures, that the motive for realignment is not anger. Oh, I, I get that some folks are angry. I understand that. I am not angry. But I know others at Greenwich are, and certainly within the broader denomination, anger is all around these things, really on both sides of the issue. And so I would argue that there's a better motive for seeking realignment than anger. And I'm just going to leave it right there so that you'll come back and watch at least one more or listen to one more of these basement academies. There's a better motive for considering and perhaps even seeking realignment. And we're going to talk about that tomorrow, okay? Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you that you have provided a way for us through Jesus Christ to not live our lives in anger, to not live our lives as Cain did turning uh, his brother, turning others into enemies that we can defeat 
and, and demonize and 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 diminish their reputation and so lord uh, work within us not just for this denominational discussion but for this much larger work that you have set before us of living faithfully uh, in our society in these very uh, dif difficult and uh, divided times and so we pray for your gracious holy spirit to guide us uh, on our path forward and so hear us as we make our prayer in the name of Jesus, who taught us to pray together, saying, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. May the God of grace and mercy and forgiveness and humility and truth and compassion and wisdom, all that we find in Jesus, may that God watch over you, keep you, bless you this day and forevermore. Amen.